was betrothed to Joseph before they came together. She was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Pretty interesting to think about, right? That this night that we are singing praises to God about, had the Lord himself not intervened, might have been quite different. But how comforting it is also to think about this, that all of the events as they unfolded tonight, as you heard, were from of old. That this has always been God's plan of salvation from the moment he spoke it to the serpent and cursed him. He would die. And there would be one to crush his head, the savior of the world. Thanks be to God for the angel that visited Joseph, who told him that he should not be afraid to take Mary as his wife. And praise be to God that he gave Joseph the name by which all men here may be saved. That you shall call his name Jesus for he shall save his people from their sins. Many of you are parents like myself. You've gone through the hassle in the months of preparing. What do we name our kid? What do we call him that's going to be fitting for whatever he looks like, whatever personality he's going to have? But then even the greatest of times sharing and arguing over what the name is going to be. You get there and you behold a child and you say, well, that doesn't really look like a, or she doesn't really have the hair or face of a. And then in that moment, all of your months of planning have just gone out the window. And you're reeling, you're trying to figure out, well, what are we going to change in this moment and name them something different? Or do we just go with it and, and call them what we had intended to? Well, in the Old Testament, there was much to being named. It was an important thing. It was no small thing either, for many of the names that were given in the Old Testament actually had great meaning. It was a confession of the faith of the parents. I mean, think about it. What better way to never, ever forget the promises of God, the way that God has said that these events would unfold to bring about the salvation of the world than to put before your eyes a little one named after these promises. So could you see it? Playing in the yard or in the wilderness around you or or tending to your animals, little Zedekiah, the Lord is my righteousness. There he is just running around always reminding you that the Lord is your righteousness. Or when you're sitting down for dinner, it's been a long and strenuous day. None of us ever know about that, right? But there, looking across from you, looking you right in the eyes, is the little Hezekiah. The Lord gives you strength. It's interesting. Because all of these names 
start to come up time and time again and you think about it and you say, wow, how important it was that these names that existed in the Old Testament were for the people. I mean, can you imagine burying your loved ones and sitting there needing comfort and there comes little Nehemiah, the Lord is my comfort, just walking in the room, bringing you that comfort that you wouldn't have thought was there. Or how wonderful it must have been, despite all things yet unknown, to be led into the promised land by Yeshua, the Lord saves. You get it? How important this was tonight? That they didn't just go to see any child born, but they went to see the child who shall be named Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sin. Tonight, there wasn't an option for Mary and Joseph to find the perfect name to be a confession of their faith. Tonight, it was God's declaration of what this child was going to do for all the world. He was going to save. There was no other name under heaven that would have suited this child than Jesus, the Lord saves. This is the name by which he shall be called. He is our salvation. He is our savior, our redeemer, our great deliverer. The Lord saves. And that's exactly what his name means. Because it is exactly what he does. But it has always been this, the work of the Lord. Isaiah tells us that we should have expected this. A sign shall be given to you that a virgin shall conceive and bear a son. Elsewhere, Isaiah says this. For Zion's sake, I will not hold my peace. And for Jerusalem's sake, I will not rest until her righteousness goes forth as brightness and her salvation as a lamp that burns. This is God's purpose. To not let the darkness overcome man, that even though he is dust and must return to the dust, that the brightness of Christ and his glory shall raise him up from the dust. And give him life. If you were in the divine service this morning, you heard that the faithful cry goes out to God and asks for him to open up the heavens to rain down his righteousness upon the earth. And we see that. Today the heavens are open and the angels sang the glory of God in the highest. For his righteousness has come to us in his son, our Emmanuel. God with us, the Lord, our righteousness. You see, these names by which we know the Savior, Emmanuel, the Lord, our righteousness, always puts before us who God is and how God desires to be known and to dwell in us. For to be saved For us to have the peace and joy that is over all the earth this night is to hear and receive the righteousness that is not our own, the righteousness that comes from Christ. How great it is, I think we know this well ourselves, when someone puts themselves forward to cover our shame, to take our guilt away, to save us from something so simple as just an embarrassing comment that we made. They don't repeat it. They cover it up. And tonight you heard of Joseph, who is there beside his wife, Mary. He didn't divorce her. 
He didn't put her aside, even though it would have been just for him to do, according to the perceived unrighteousness. But here we find a just man who seeks to divorce Mary quietly because he did not wish for her to suffer any undue guilt or shame. He wished for her to receive nothing that would be without. He wanted her to have everything as peaceful as possible. To keep Mary as righteous, he would be willing to accept her guilt and her shame, which would have been if he would have divorced her quietly. He would have taken onto himself her guilt and her shame that was perceived by the public. It would have then been if he had taken it on himself that he was the guilty party, that he was the one who sinned. He desired to show her mercy. And it was in that moment that the angel came to him and said, you don't need to do that. For what has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And thanks be to God, he stands beside his bride. But what a great example for us. What a great example for his son, who is righteousness and holiness. Because isn't that what Jesus came to do? To not divorce us. To not divorce the world, not divorce the church, but to gather them together and make the church his holy bride. For there is no perceived guilt among us. It's actual guilt. It's actual sin. We have committed them. We have broken and transgressed the law of God. And Jesus comes by grace to save us poor, miserable sinners from ourselves. He puts himself forward before the Father to accept our guilt and our shame. To accept what we deserve. What we deserve from God, which is death and hell. Wrapped in those swaddling clothes and laying in a manger was this pure and holy and righteous God who bears, him, who bears his own arm, though it be little, though it be gentle. He bears his arm in order to save us, to not divorce us, but to save the world by being just and taking on our guilt and our shame. St. Paul declares these words. He says, Through him we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to faith among all the nations for his name, among whom you also are called of Jesus Christ our Lord. You are called by this beautiful name. You are Christians. God has given to you faith in the Son. You have received the name by which you are saved. The name of Jesus. In Jesus' birth tonight, you should find your own new birth. The birth of holiness and righteousness. The name by which you can say, I am saved. Because God has declared it. How great is God's faithfulness toward you. That as often as you have strayed and gone back and forth and not kept that name holy amongst yourselves. God has said, come back again. 
his righteousness and his salvation, he desires to give to you. And he wants you to have that name. To see that name as you wake up in the morning and as you go about your work. To have that name upon your heart and upon your lips even as you lay down at night. For God does not want you to consider yourself as being forsaken or as being desolate. Doesn't want you to consider your heart to be one that has thorns and thistles, but he wants you to be his delight, just as Christ was his delight. He says of the Son, This is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. And you who are joined with Christ can hear those same words of the Father that God is delighted in you because you share his name. You have the spotless new birth from above by which Jesus has cleansed you and made you his own. So how ought you to live? God gives us opportunity to walk in holiness and brightness. You see, the shepherds, they went and saw the child and they couldn't keep it in. They left proclaiming the wonders of God and what they had seen and heard, and they shared this message of the Lord's salvation. Their lives were forever changed. Your life should be forever changed too. This evening, God calls us to holiness and righteousness. For we are called into a new life in our baptisms, and God sets us apart to walk as a light before the nations, to reflect the light of Christ, to no longer live in the sin and the guilt and the shame, but to come again unto Christ and live. I'm excited that tonight we are not finished, but there is yet more to sing and more to celebrate. And we get even another chance to join together with friends and families, strangers and neighbors tomorrow morning to sing again of the birth of the Savior and to confess Christ Jesus our Lord who saves. And this should be a constant thing in our life. To be at the feet of Jesus is no small thing. Even as he was an infant child, he still demanded the praise above all things because he is God in the flesh. And it is throughout the year that we need to hear that this God in the flesh came to redeem us, to buy us back, to take away that guilt and shame which keeps us away from the Lord. And how often is it that that is the reason why people do not come into church? They're afraid. How can I be next to the God who is holy and pure? Well, I have good news for you. None of us who gather regularly for church are holy and pure of our own. It is God who makes us that way. It is God who announces to us each week, I have saved you. I have forgiven your sins. I have given you the name which you have not chosen for yourself. I have given you my own name. I have called you my delight. I have called you saved. I have called you my beloved child. So gather with us, Christians, you who have been here for many Sundays and you who have not. Gather with us together 
And let our prayers be lifted up to the God who rains down his righteousness upon us to deliver us from our sins. For unto us this day is born in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord, and his name is Jesus. He is your name. He is your righteousness. He is your salvation. And it is for his sake and his sake alone that the Lord delights in you. And God will be well pleased with you in Christ. So let us continue this evening rejoicing in the name by which we have been saved. For this day we shall know that the Lord will come and save us. And in the morning we shall see his glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all our understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord.